Hi guys, welcome to the fifth episode of Something Private. Our podcast is about everything related to the vagina, from sex to health and of course the society. My name is Nicole and I will be your producer and your host. Today's episode is going to be a collab. But before that, I wanted to start off with, you know, just a quick chat between you and I. Like, it's been a while, so... I'm quite a social media like whore and don't want to be presumptuous but I'm assuming most of you guys tuning in are as well. So in this respect, I am quite certain that most if not all knows this platform called NUS Whispers. So shout out to NUS Whispers, sis here is a huge fan, okay? I really live for the tea and I think it's beyond just like the trashy stuff that gets posted on there. I think it's an amazing platform and like the community is like huge. People find it easy and are willing to share like the deepest darkest like issues and problems with their own relationships as well as like their sex lives. I was like trawling through um, some of the submissions this morning and I'm gonna narrate out one now because I thought that this was a super like intimate sharing. So the submission starts with this is not a troll. So last night, my girlfriend and I decided to try out having sex. Both of us are virgins before then, under my best knowledge. I'm gonna cut straight to the problem. Regardless how hard my GF tried to arouse my dick, I have no feelings and my dick even gets soft when she gives a handjob or blowjob. At a later stage, I decided to do it myself to have my dick in a working condition. I'm assuming he, you know, like, masturbated a bit. And then I let her continue. However, problem is my erected dick always gets soft when she uses her hand or her mouth or she tries to write on me. I was excited before the session, but then so disappointed. Poor man goes, I'm completely confused. I usually thought it was easier for women to get a guy to come rather than the opposite. So he continues with, we had foreplay and I was so surprised how easily my girlfriend comes during our foreplay. Mm, sis. Considering that it's just halfway and I haven't clicked on the resonant frequency yet. Also, I haven't used my dick yet. Okay, I don't understand what he means by um, clicked on the resonant frequency yet. But anyway, moving on. He says, before you troll and think that I have erectile dysfunction or other physiological or psychological issues, I'm going to tell you that it's highly unlikely because my dick works completely fine when I do it myself. He says that it shouldn't be a size issue as well. I'm not sure what the average size is for Singaporeans, but since my girlfriend cannot fully hold my erected dick with both hands, so it should be big enough re- relative to a hand's mouth and vagina. While this man is self-diagnosing himself, but anyway. He says that we tried again in the morning, but my dick still doesn't respond to her. My girlfriend proposed another session, but how if it always ends up with she is so enjoyed but I am so disappointed. He continues with anyone have a similar experience before and willing to share your sincere advice slash solutions? Thanks in advance. I just wanna I just wanna chime in with my two cents that nobody asked for, but he says that he was surprised at how easily his girlfriend comes during foreplay. I think this kind of leads me back to the episode that we did um in episode two on masturbation. There's a misconception, you know, that women orgasm through penetrative sex. That's wrong. Um, Majority of the women, most if not all, uh, orgasm through clitoral stimulation instead of penetrative sex. Second of all, I think now I'm concerned because this man has self-diagnosed, right? He says that he does not think that he has erectile dysfunction or any other physiological or psychological issues. 
and that his dick works completely fine when he does it himself. I am not a man, you know. But I think one thing I do know is that when it comes to sex with yourself versus sex with your partner, it's vastly different, you know. One very important thing is like communication. You need to guide her through how to keep you like continuously aroused. Second of all, arousal has many factors that add to it. One of it is your mental health, your emotional health, you know, what you're feeling that day, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling stressed. When he says that, like, it's not a physiological or psychological issue, it may not be an issue, but I'm saying that there are physiological and psychological factors that might cause your lack of arousal during um, sex with your girlfriend. So... I think take a step back, you know, just chill, revisit and see if you have any stress or like, you know, any pressures in terms of like having sex with a girl and just, you know, take it easy. I think it should be, not that it's not a problem, just that like, I think you need to communicate and figure out what is at the root of like this issue. I really don't mean to be like dish out unsolicited advice, but that's just my two cents if anyone cares. But anyway, back to the idea, like why I decided to share this little like confession. I think that like this only confirms one thing lah, and that is that Singaporeans are having sex and everyone struggles with, I guess, quite similar problems. And I guess that brings us to the whole idea of this pod. So I think the point of today's episode is really quite simple and straightforward. So I chanced upon a platform by the name of shy.sg at a point of time where they had only launched for like a week and I really, really loved their website. So I hit them up, sent in an email and what do you know a couple of weeks later here we are so we want to open up conversations we want to give you um some idea of like why you may be struggling with certain things and what are some of the ways that you can resolve it so hi guys introduce yourselves hi i'm ruth hi i'm janelle and we're two out of the four people that are in our team the other two people are charmaine and kush so what is shy we are a platform that hopes to improve sexual health literacy of youths in singapore and we create content to debunk myths. So right now on Shy, you can we have very interesting articles like should I go and check if I have an STI if I had unprotected sex? And we also have a glossary where we talk about abortion, birth control, masturbation, and so on. We give you the rundown so that you don't need to Google incognito all around the internet secretly in your room. You can just come to our website and find all the information that you need. So the goal is, let's say you want to look for local things to do in Singapore, you go to Tripzilla or the Smart Local. That's what we want to do in the sexual health and wellness space. So I guess why we actually wanted to embark on this very unorthodox journey was because me, Charmaine and Kushagra, like uh, three of us, part of the team of four and Shai, we were on an internship in New York last year. And in New York, it's not something extraordinary for you to see like an erectile dysfunction poster or like a billboard telling you about how you can buy birth control online. Conversation was like very public about such things. Like my colleagues talked about IUDs all the time. Was it like a colleague like burst into work Monday morning? Hey guys, I just got a copper IUD. (laughs) (laughs) Was it like that? No. So I think me and all my female colleagues, we were in the bathroom and... One person started talking about their IUD. I realised everyone chimed in, like 90% of my female colleagues. There were only six of us in that bathroom store. Very stereotypically, like, female conversations in the bathroom store, right? But literally all of them knew what an IUD was, knew what kind of IUD they were supposed to get. They either already had it in them or were thinking about getting it. And I literally stood there, like, uh, like pretended to, like, kind of know what they were talking about. But in my mind, I was like, dude, what the hell is this IUD thing? And then I realised that IUDs 
has like more than a 99% effectiveness in preventing unwanted pregnancies and condoms only have like an 82% like efficacy rate. I think this shows that how even as I'm 22 now, I really am very uneducated about the choices that I have in terms of birth control methods and I mean if, if it's like that for me now, right, and probably the people who are younger than me who are having sex also don't really know and like my friends around me probably don't really know either. We want to be something like that, something that Singaporean youths can relate to and caters more to the Asian population. I really agree. Like, when we wanted to start, like, this podcast, there was, like, my, my, my bosses were asking me, you know, but there's so many, like, female health podcasts, like, online. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but it's all in a very Western context where mm. I guess, like, they, they cannot capture the nuances that exist in Asian society and, like, culture. So last... So two weeks ago, it was Sexual Health Day. I know no one probably knew about it when we also kind of had to Google it, but yeah, it was sexual health day. And we wanted to take the chance to open up a conversation with youths in Singapore to give them an outlet to seek advice about their sexual health problems and things that you wouldn't just ask your mother about or like your friends about that openly. So we tried to make the barriers as low as possible. It was an anonymous kind of form. You could leave your email if you wanted a direct answer, but otherwise you could just ask the question directly. And yeah, in, in turn, we came up with answers and fact check them with a doctor that we work very closely with on Shai for two months now. If you are curious to know, he's the anchor GP at my dog at Admiralty. He literally asks for nothing in return. He's just like some altruistic angel of a guy who wants to help us. And yeah, if you live in Admiralty, you can totally go to him if you need help. A shout out to Dr. Prem. Yeah, it's really the best. Angels <laughs> exist, but okay. So I guess we wanted to know what people wanted to learn as well and we hope to like open up the conversation a little bit with uh, with a poll like this. And surprisingly, we received over 80 questions over that weekend. Topics brought up range from masturbation to contraceptives to symptoms of suspected conditions. Like some people ask us, why is my vagina so itchy? Why is there white spots on my dick, on my foreskin? And yeah. Based on the most frequently asked questions, it appears that Singaporeans are having sex and right now they're just trying to find out what's the safest way to do so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump straight into some of the most common questions that people have asked. Um, one question that we think all of you would also appreciate to know the answer for is how much sex is considered healthy or unhealthy and is it healthy to masturbate once per week or is it actually too many? There's actually no upper or lower limit on the number of times you should have sex or to masturbate. How much sex one considers normal really varies from person to person. As long as you and your partner are comfortable or you are comfortable and fulfilled, then you're definitely in the clear. I think it only becomes a concern when it disrupts your life. Like, for example, you uh, because you want to masturbate um, more, like a lot of times a day, etc., then you miss a lunch appointment or you postpone your lunch appointment or you don't go for class, for example. I think when these... Uh, when like your daily habits and weekly habits are disrupted, then you should definitely consider if oh, am I doing like something that is uh, good for myself? I think it was quite interesting that we received the question from both um, males and females. Mm. Yeah, so it shows that both genders actually have this question. Mm. But how, do you, how did you know that? Oh, they, they, they bracketed. They, yeah, they put ejaculate or <laughs> disturbate or like, I'm a female. Mm. Okay, I see. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess that's indicative that like, you know, girls are somewhat open to admitting that 
they masturbate, right? It, mm. I guess, but again, this was an anonymous thing, mm. so I think there's still some way to go in encouraging people to be to talk about it non-anonymously. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Okay. So I think there were also some um common misconceptions in the question uh, in the poll that we did. Mm. So one of them was uh if I have if I have sex and my hymen and I don't bleed, does that mean that I'm not virgin anymore? Mm. So maybe we will start with um explaining what the hymen is in the first place, right? Yep. So for those who I think most of us didn't take don't don't go to the extent of taking a mirror to check like, how it looks like. But it's a flesh colored fringe tissue that lies around one to two cm from the vaginal opening. In my mind I always thought it was like a barrier, like completely covers the mm. whole the, your vaginal opening. It's not completely covered because otherwise there's no way your menstrual discharge can come out. La. So science is scientifically not possible. Yeah, yeah like, I, I don't believe yeah. so. But another thing we also, which, which brings us back to the question is that not all women have hymens and surprisingly even some women have hymens that regrow on their own. So it is not um, possible for even doctors to tell whether you're a virgin or not based on whether you, your hymen is intact. Mm, and I read yeah. that like the size of the hymen is like different from like girl to girl. So mm. like... I mean, not everyone has the same vagina, yeah, first of all. Definitely yeah. not. It means definitely. that your hymen is definitely not all the same, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think, first of all, like, virginity is a construct, mm-hmm. not a piece of, like, small flesh around your vagina. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, for me, that's, like, number one. First mm-hmm. of all, like, virginity is a construct. Yeah, mm-hmm. but number two, if you do, if the association is very important to you, then... Then we get technical. Yeah, then it's 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 a it's a feel I feel like it's a grey area because like because you you can possibly tear your hymen from doing like very rigorous activities also like if you run or like you do like dancing a lot you know then it might break so okay um, yeah but I think the question was uh yeah the question we got was yeah do girls always bleed when they have sex mm. so that's uh the concern right because you physically see yourself bleeding and I think the answer was that if you're not on your period then yeah chances are. Uh, you are experiencing minor bleeding or spotting after sex because your hymen has stretched or broken. But you shouldn't overreact, definitely. This is quite normal. Some people bleed, some people don't. And if penetration is consistently painful, and see a doctor. But otherwise, you don't have to be too worried about it. Mm. But yeah, the hymen can break even without having sexual intercourse. And there are females who are born without any hymen or females who have self-healing hymens mm. yeah but of course moving forward we hope that people understand that this is a physical thing which can be broken even without you engaging in sexual activity mm. so yeah mm. Mm. great area tough okay uh so another question was which are the most effective forms of contraceptives in Singapore. We did a quick Google search for this or so, and we'll start by sharing that the most common contraceptive methods in Singapore is actually birth control pills and condoms, from a simple study by Dr. Michelle Chia in 2017. However, there are many other birth control methods with a higher efficacy rate, actually, such as birth control implants that, um, that females insert into their arms or IUDs that are inserted into the uterus. These two, right, actually have over 99% efficacy rate, which is crazy compared to the 82% that condoms actually have. But due to the lack of awareness and misconceptions about safety, etc., these options are not as popular in Singapore. Um, we actually did like a very, very detailed rundown on all these forms of contraception and how effective they are on our website, and you can look at it uh, more if you want to. But yeah, I, I think another thing that's important to note is that 
condoms and like barrier kind of contraceptives are like the the only way you can prevent STDs from occurring because a lot of like gentle wards etc is is caused when you come into contact with uh, like skin to skin with contact. yeah infected fluids or like mm. or like uh, infl- in the infected area or infected fluids. So another popular question we got was about STD checks. So what is the prevalence of sexually transmitted diseases in Singapore and how do you get tested? According to the Department of STI Control Clinic, uh, there are approximately 190 cases in every 100,000 Singaporeans. Okay, But to get checked for STDs, you can go to any clinic or even visit the DSC. Okay. Remember that the only way to know for sure you're in the clear is to get tested. I also just want to add that like, because um, we just did an episode on STDs, mm. there is no sure way of knowing whether you have an STD. Let's say you get a check, like a swab is not enough. You have to get a blood test. Mm-hmm. And the most effective way to know it is like, you do it every, I think six months to a year. Mm. Yeah, in order to be sure that you have it or don't. Because I had a friend who just did the swab. Mm-hmm. Then they were like, her piece. Then she's like, Ugh! then like seven months later, she remembered to get a check. Then they were like, um, no, you don't have a piece. It was just like a... I think a bacteria like infection at that point of time mm. or like it was just like growing. I don't know what lah, but like just yeah, it wasn't accurate law. Like you the only sure way to know is if you get a blood test. Yeah. And also that DSC is the cheapest um place that you can get like a STD check because it's like a public uh government funded clinic compared mm. to if you go to a private mm-hmm. a private place. A couple of weeks ago I've uh, I've a friend who met uh, a Tinder match like they were as in they basically hooked up and then after that she was very very worried like oh shit like I had unprotected sex like should I go to DSC and check or something like that right and my I think my my shy <laughs> my shy brain just thought like oh my god yeah this is exactly like what our Q&A is for and stuff and why and like what's stopping you from just getting checked you know mm. dude it's a bit of money for like a lot of peace of mind uh. so I really think if you have unprotected sex with someone you don't really know might as well just go and check, bro. Like, it's fine. Just get a friend to go with you if you're worried. Yeah. But for your own safety, you just, just get checked in case yeah. you have sex with the next person and you've really contracted the disease and you just keep passing it on, right? Yeah. There is no stigma against people who get checked. There's stigma against people who don't pass get checked. Yeah, and pass <laughs> it on. Pass it on, right? <laughs> if you want to have oral sex and this person is like, really don't know, a bit dodgy, then just have a, have a condom on when you have oral sex. Because mm-hmm. you never know. Some people also asked us questions about um, their physical bodies. Like, is it normal for my boobs to be different sizes? Or um, is it normal if my boobs hurt when I squeeze it? So, answer is, it's perfectly normal. In fact, many of our body parts are asymmetrical. Like, do you know that your feet are not exactly the same size? And your eyes and even your nostrils. Okay, so... The reason for this is because when your breasts develop during puberty, it could be um, that one breast re- has more hormone receptors, which results in it having receiving more um, hormones, lah, so it grew bigger than the other. So again, breast tenderness is common before and during your period, and it's because of the fluctuation of hormones. So when you should be concerned will be when there's sudden changes in how your boob feels or where the pain is felt. So in those instances when you know that there's something amiss, 
you should seek medical attention. Yeah, otherwise it should be down to your period pains, lah. Mm, so if it's like a cyclical kind of mm. pain, like a monthly mm. thing, but if it's like a out of the blue shock. Yeah, or like, or like something, a kind of pain that you're unfamiliar with or pain that is um, located somewhere that you're not used to feeling it. Yeah, mm. so you should always do your own breast self-examination at Regularly. Home, so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, there are a lot of guides online that you can find on like how to do a chest examination. Both males and females have to do it, right? Because guys also have breasts, right? Even though it's smaller, it's still there. That's right. <laughs> yeah, just use your fingers to feel around your entire chest area and if there's... If you spot a lump, then you go to the doctor directly. Uh, like immediately they do a scan for you and they mm-hmm. can help you like allay your concerns. And yeah, you can totally do it when you're bathing or like when you're undressing. It's very convenient. But you know, like as we get older, a lot of like problems kick in. So make sure you take care of yourself. Mm. I would like to contest the point that guys have smaller boobs. <laughs> I think some guys have bigger <laughs> boobs <laughs> than me. My dad probably has bigger boobs. Than me. <laughs> Like I always like, hey, pop your dad, your boob is bigger than mine. <laughs> then you just yeah. laugh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think one of the first questions that we got when we opened up our poll, and one of the most interesting ones, like the three girls in the team were like, oh my god, yeah, I'm real. Is <laughs> does IPL or lasing off your hair at the pubic area or shaving off your hair actually affects anything? So this was interesting, right? Because I was also thinking of doing IPL, but then I, this never literally never crossed my mind and. So, while well, like the spring out of sugaring, IPL and waxing parlors might, might indicate that less or no hair is really the way to go, right? It really depends on what you think. We explained in one of our articles that uh, all of everything about pubic hair that you need to know, it's kind of a myth that we need to shave our pubic region for hygienic reasons. Pubic hair grows there like for a reason, right? Just like every other like part of our body. It actually serves as a, as a protection against dirt and debris and reduces the friction between like, skin and skin during sex. Another interesting thing is that it tracks pheromones, which actually is the hormones that like increases sexual arousal and so on. Yeah, so do note that however, shaving can cause microsco- microscopic wounds that can cause like a higher likelihood of infections. So take extra care when you shave and it's totally fine if you don't want to shave, don't like and like IPL and like whatever waxing centers exist because in the capital in the capitalist society there's a demand, right? So like obviously all these places will just like keep serving your needs. Mm. It's just like when you have extension eyelashes, everyone doing it doesn't mean you have to do it as well. So yeah. Don't worry if you don't. One submission was was from a guy who says he has a four inch below average girth and he's wondering if his future partner will be able to feel a lot of difference if she's had a six inch and girthy dick before. I think our answer to that is um, size has nothing to do with being a thoughtful or passionate lover and which is more important but if it really matters to you on how you uh, perform in bed technically then there there are things that you can do firstly always communicate and experiment with your partner right that's the best way to know what makes the other person feel good and you can also try different positions that maximize penetration and don't be afraid to Call on the help of toys or even textured condoms. Or even switching things up, like, like using your penis and fingers. With, well, of course, with your partner's consent. Lah, okay. Yeah, your yeah. vagina is elastic, so your partner is not going to be less sensitive just because they had a bigger penis before, etc. Hmm. I think a lot of it is in the mind as well, so as long as you're communicating well, then you don't have to worry about such things. Hmm. So We're Down to the last topic yes okay so the last topic that some some people asked us about was 
um, I feel sad that I'm still a virgin. I'm female and 21. Is this common or should I try to find someone to do it? So I think firstly our reaction is you're definitely not alone and being a virgin is no no way in a, a measure of your attractiveness and mm. just because all your friends have had sex doesn't mean that you need to as well. Just and another question that um, also came up was is it wrong to want to hook up and be sexually active? So just remember that what is wrong or right is completely up to you to define and however remember that sex should always be consensual and safe. Mm. Okay. Hey, let's end off with what we learned, like any interesting stuff we Yeah, learned. or like any sure interesting have, sure stories. Yeah. About what? Like like what, what did you okay, learn? Nicole, any what did you learn? We you, you learned during your research and all. About sex health. Yeah yeah yeah. Hmm. Or like or so like, like even our website or whatever. Wow, you're really catching me off guard. I'm like, my brain is not working. <laughs> no, like the blow drop one. That one is something interesting I learned. Mm, okay, let me yeah. think. So, so do you do you know what pre-cum is for? Lubrication. Okay, so a lot of people think that it stops at there, right? Just lubrication. Yeah. But it also neutralizes the acid, uh, the pH in the urethra so that your sperm doesn't die on its way out. That's, That's damn amazing, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, Small okay. Small things that we never think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the more you know. Yeah. <laughs> Nico's trying to buy time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, but like my, 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 my family is like damn nerdy. Because I was doing like, I'm, uh, the, the next few episodes is going to be one of my birth control pills. So I got this damn nerdy fact, but it's like, is anyone interested? I don't think so. It's not no, really related to sex health. I'm okay, it's actually quite interesting. Okay, so right, the lady who um I guess like was the mother of like this whole idea of birth control is this lady who everybody celebrates her as like this pioneer in like feminism. But it turns out right, two or three years ago they found out that she's this like racist like eugenics lady so basically you, you know what eugenics is right mm. it's like when you kind of want to curb the population to make sure that only a certain kind of like gene gene pool makes it lah so the smarters and like the people with the least kind of like infection so she wanted to make sure that only like an elite population get to reproduce so she wanted to give birth controls to people who were like stupid and like of, a, of like a lower status in society yeah so her intentions for coming out of birth control were like Different not amazing life. but everybody's like a modern feminist because it was in like the 1930s mm. yeah so I, I thought that was interesting that's quite cool <laughs> misconstrued exactly it's like everybody yeah. like there's this whole wave of like feminism now so people are like everybody every woman who pioneers something is like an automatic feminist but not not exactly like you realise that that's not exactly the case most of the time yeah mm, I think one uh, <laughs> damn mine is also like a nerdy thing eh. it's cool actually it's very interesting okay mine is not, not even as in, not, not, not even interesting nerdy it was just like so like, Prem the doctor who helps us he kind mm. of had like a little sex at uh, lessons with us the other day and I was asking him about HPV vaccines right and whether so I mean fun fact females can get HPV vaccines under your medicine so it's like kind of free for you in Singapore but then like how important is it for guys to also get it right and he was saying that guys can also get penile cancer if you don't do your HPV vaccination and you can also like pass it on to a female that like technically has a higher chance of getting more serious diseases like cervical cancer etc from it if you as a sexual partner (laughs) does not get HPV vaccinated then you can also transmit it to someone of the female sex that can uh, prone to 
other diseases with HPV. Mm. HPV related. HPV related diseases. Mm. I think I think why why Junelle is bringing that up is because based um it feels like a lot of people think HPV vaccine is only for females. Yep. Especially because it's free only for them. Mm. Yeah. It's so. just because it's cervical cancer la. That's mm. why they're like girls should get mm. HPV because but, males don't have. Yeah, but yeah. guys should also get it so that your mm. partner is protected. Mm. Yeah, I think. I think I have a question. So like. I, and I don't know this Maybe mm. you guys know It's like I was talking to a friend about this Then we were talking about Oh you, got, you you are a man You should get it as well Then he was like Do I go to the same place As like the girls To get the same kind of like HPV jab I don't know I don't know whether it's No idea bro To be honest <laughs> Yeah no idea Right I also don't yeah. know leh But I feel like I would assume so Really I was gonna say no, no. Cause like uh, I would get it at like a Either a GP Okay like a GP Or like a guy mm. But like a guy won't go to a I think a urology centre Yeah, maybe a u- yeah, urologist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will go to the polyclinic eh, And polyclinic serves both yeah, genders That's yeah, why I would say yes. Oh, it's anal or penile cancer in men mm. Yeah, you can get anal warts mm. Mm. Nasty stuff One advice that we want you to take away with you Today after listening to this podcast Is to take the first step To either, I don't know, like Understand your own body yeah. better. To like read about oh like how I should wash my vagina or mm. read about like oh shit like like is this bleeding normal is this itch normal etc like to just take the first step to know a bit more from today. I mean since you already like set through this you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not alone if you have like questions and you can always ask either Shy SG. Their website is literally Shy SG, which I thought was really cute. <laughs> or like you can ask like. Um, me. It's just like Don't be shy You know And mm. then When we talk about Sexual health and everything It's like basically Everything about your Sexual health Okay so Thank you Ruth and Janelle For joining me On today's podcast I think it's been Quite like informative Thanks Nicole We had fun <laughs> la. And if you guys Want to read more About our content You can find us at Shy.sg uh, We are also on Insta So our Insta handle Is shyinsg Or if you want to read about any specific content from us you can drop us an email at hello at shy.sg as well yeah you just wanna share about your stories or like fun stuff it's fine also we can all read it together <laughs> yeah I, I thought it was really cute that y'all said shy.sg together it's like a band <laughs> like okay. you like the band concert <laughs> it's super cute okay thanks guys so see y'all next week okay so we can stop <laughs> tune in every Thursday for new episodes on our podcast.